Salutations, welcome to the Cornerstone Podcast presented by Global Grace Ministries. My name is Francis Hueso. I am the host of this podcast. This is the third episode about questions and answers regarding the seven churches of Revelation. With me, I have Josiah Kitanga, one of our members of our board. I hope you're enjoying these questions. Today, we will conclude with this series. Josiah, thank you so much for being here. Why don't we continue with the questions? Pastor, why does everything that stops growing begin to die? Talk to me about that concept. As you know, Josiah, in nature, everything has a purpose. Anything, whether it's a vegetable, a tree, a plant, a flower, once they get to maturity and they can perform their purpose or they can accomplish their purpose, they start decaying. We human beings grow up to a certain Age, we get up to a certain age where every single organ is growing and everything is just healthy. And we get to a certain point and we start decaying, we start dying, we start getting older. It's the same thing spiritually. Unless we grow constantly, we start dying. Mm -hmm. One thing that you got to realize, it's on us to grow. A lot of people think that it's the pastor's job to help them grow spiritually. And up to a certain point, it is. But we have a responsibility to read the Bible. We have a responsibility to seek Christ. So, yeah, if you haven't grown spiritually lately, you're dying. Mm, Powerful. Is it difficult for a person to identify that they are sleepwalking spiritually when they have gotten used to living in appearance? Christ basically told this church you are sleepwalking. And it is hard to realize that spiritually we're sleepwalking because most people who fall into this condition think that they're progressing because they haven't gone into the world. They haven't gone back to the world. These people are still in church. They continue to take their children to Sunday school and continue to belong to a congregation. But unless challenged by someone with God's word or by necessity, they're sleepwalking without experiencing any degree of personal relationship with the Lord. Sadly, many are like this in the body of Christ, listening to messages of encouragement from the pulpit, but not being challenged by the word of God to wake up. You can be sleepwalking, even listening to this podcast. But if the word of God doesn't impact your heart, If the word of God doesn't challenge you to grow, you're sleepwalking. Hmm. So back to an idea that we had spoken about, about salvation. Can you live a life of sin and not lose your salvation? Like I said, I like that question. It is the question that many ask themselves, like we were saying. But instead, we must ask whether a saved person can live in sin. Because... If you are saved, you want to stay as far away from sin as possible. Somebody that has a relationship with Christ will do everything in his power to be like Christ every day. That's why the Holy Spirit, that's why the Word of God challenges us every day to keep maturing, to keep growing, to keep learning. Because with that learning and that maturity, we grow more like Christ. Now, if you do not want to stay away from sin... My guess is that you are not saved. Hmm. 
that you have no relationship with Christ. Hmm. Powerful. Is that harsh? I don't mean no, to be harsh. Well, it's just the Bible. No, no, no. I, I, I don't think that that's harsh at all. And to to your point, I think there's there's a point of clarity to say that we're not talking about somebody making a mistake. The question is, can you live a life of sin? Which means that you have almost become desensitized to sin. We're not talking about the person who makes a mistake. We're talking about the person who's living in sin. So, no, I, I, I don't think that that's harsh. And, you know, something that came up yesterday recording the podcast in Spanish was that a lot of people do not understand the difference between temptation mm-hmm. and sin. And sin. Because a lot of people think that because they were tempted that, that they, they sinned. sinned. Yes. And listen, my family, even if you, like Josiah says, even if you make a mistake, um, it is a sin to be offended. But you are going to get offended. It is impossible not to. But I do not lose my relationship with Christ because I got offended. I might lose it if I stay offended. Do you see the difference? Correct. I may get tempted to slap somebody if they offended me. But I did not sin unless I slapped the person. You know what I mean? Because I may have the desire to slap it. But if I control myself and I repent from thinking about it, I haven't lost my salvation. But if I go slapping people around every day of my life, I may not have a relationship with Christ. Thank you for clarifying that. So, Pastor Francis, what two qualities did the Lord Jesus highlight to the Philadelphia church? That they have kept their word and that have not denied his name. Hmm. That's actually a very cool thing as compared to the church that we were just talking about. That's a, it's a beautiful thing to actually hear from Jesus. So a quick question again, um, still on the Philadelphia church. Jesus told the church in Philadelphia that he was coming soon. Pastor Francis, was this a warning or a reminder to us today? You know, Josiah, this church of Philadelphia was the second church that did not get rebuked by Jesus Mm. in the letter, in his letter for them. Philadelphia means the city of brotherly love. And the one thing that they had going for them is that they were united. This church was united. This church was serving God full blown. They had not blown it. So Jesus was very pleased with them. To answer your question, it was both a warning and a reminder. It was a warning for the people that might not be ready for Jesus' second coming. And it was a reminder for the people who are ready. Because, Josiah, this is to me very important. Many people right now live as if Jesus will never come back. Mm -hmm. They don't think about his second coming. They sin as if Jesus will never come back. Some people have never even heard the word rapture preaching the church. And we were just talking about we grew up with the fear <laughs> of, of Jesus leaving us behind. And neither extreme is healthy because what Jesus wanted the church in Philadelphia to know is that, yes, if you need to put your life in order, there's still time. Put your life in order. But to the beautiful congregation, he was also telling them, in fact, I am coming for you. I haven't forgotten it. The fact that I've been waiting so more people get saved doesn't mean that I will not show up for you. So it was both a warning and a reminder. Got you. It's actually funny that you say that. I remember those movies. Remember those movies that they I think they were made in the 80s of tribulation and the people who got left behind. You kidding me? Still have nightmares every <laughs> once in a while from those movies. Those are hard movies to watch. 
All right. Uh, m- moving on real quick. Um, why does Jesus present himself with four different titles in the Laodicean church? And I might be butchering that name, but... Um, no, no, you said it right. Okay. You said Thank it right. You. As we study in the episode about Laodicea, Christ appeared before them as the Amen the faithful, the true witness, and the ruler of God's creation. I think it was because of the type of accusations that he had for this church. Jesus accused them of being lukewarm and tells them that even though they see themselves as rich and not needing anything, in reality, they are miserable, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Only a true and faithful witness can accuse them of being miserable, Only a ruler can accuse them of being pitiful or poor. And the one with the last word can declare them blind. In other words, only someone who has proven himself superior to the titles that they had given themselves could judge them with full knowledge and certainty how miserable their true situation was. It does not matter if we think that we are rich when the owner of everything tells us that we are poor. We need to accept it. And you know, Josiah, one thing that it is so hard for a lot of people to understand. Can you imagine Jesus Christ preaching in a pulpit, telling millionaires, you are poor, miserable, pity. Mm. They Mm. would think that Jesus had no love and they will not invite him again. But indeed, Jesus is love. Because what I keep telling people, these messages for the churches in Revelation He is not rebuking them out of wrath or anger. He is basically trying to shake them up for them to come back to him to enter the kingdom. That's good. Just staying on that church real quick. Do you think the church of Laodicea is the one that represents the current church today? Absolutely. I think they do. Because its behavior was similar to the behavior of the current church right now. If we are honest, we must admit that many Christians believe that they don't need God unless they're in serious trouble. We were just talking also about that. Many walk in the middle of the road or live part of their lives in the world and part of their lives in Christ and do not fully enjoy neither their life in Christ nor their life in the world. Before Christ, they always live in guilt and in the world, they try not to give free reign to their sin. Many in our churches believe that because they still attend church and they try, you know, to be good people, that God is going to consider that and give them the extra point. But he tells this church, you are walking in the middle of the road. You are basically roadkill. Basically. Because, you know, the only sure thing that people that walk in the middle of the road have is that eventually they are going to end up as roadkill. These people don't enjoy their lives at all because they live in guilt. They know when they're in church that they are not serving God as they should. And they don't completely give free reign to their sinful nature because they know better. Hmm. Wow. So going back, like during the podcast, you said there is a verse that we had taken out of context. Which one is it and what does it actually mean? Josiah knows me well, and he knows that I love doing this to basically bringing clarity to a lot of different verses that 
most people that do not often read the Bible, they just take it for granted that they're taking these verses out of context. The the verse that Josiah is asking about is Revelation 3.20 that says, See, I am at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come and dine with him and he with me. When do you usually hear this verse preached? Typically during altar calls, right? Exactly. Because a lot of people think that this verse is here Jesus asking a sinner to allow him into his life. A non-believer, basically. Yes. But no, no, no. This is Jesus telling the church, let me in. And like we said in the episode, Josiah, that word, I am hearing knock, that word in Greek is not just knocking, it is pounding. So Jesus Mm. is telling this church, I am at your door pounding, let me in. Do you Mm. know how sad it is that some people kick Jesus out of the church and they don't even remember the last time that Jesus was inside with them? That's sad. Can you imagine? That's pretty sad. I've been in a lot of congregations where really you know that Jesus is no longer there. Mm. And it is so sad because people don't know that the Lord that they are seeking basically has been kicked out by them. But the good news in this case is that Jesus is still knocking. No matter what you have done, no matter how far you left Jesus behind, you know, my friend, that you can always come back. Jesus is always knocking. This thing here is that he's not knocking at the door of unbelievers. In this case, Jesus was knocking at the door of believers. Let him in. What revelation. So to kind of wrap this up, Pastor, how can we live victorious lives and fulfill God's purpose with joy, specifically with joy in such a fallen world? Josiah, one of these days, we will have to do this again. We will have to talk about grace Because Mm. I think that one of the most misunderstood concepts in the church is grace. I think that the only way that we can live a victorious life in a fallen world is living by grace. But not the grace that most people think they understand. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think that grace is either the unmerited favor of God, which that it is, but it's not necessarily everything that grace is. But a lot of people also confuse grace with having total freedom to sin. Mm. And that's not what grace is. Grace is the power of God unto salvation. Grace is the power to live a holy life in a sinful world. And the, the beauty of grace is that the only way to live in grace is living in Christ. It is our abiding in Christ. It is a relationship with Christ that gives us the capacity that gives us the strength to live as holy people in a sinful place. Mm, That's good. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I believe that this has been a different series, but I hope that it was a blessing to you. I hope you enjoy it. And thank you, Josiah, so much for the time you gave us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Look forward to being back. If you have any questions about our ministry, you can go to globalgraceministries.com. Thank you, God bless you.